0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God and meets us in our messy ministries. This is episode number 40. And on today's show, I'm thrilled to be joined again by a guest that uh, joined me in sort of the initial, the uh, beginning stages of this show's run. Uh, His name is Gerald White, my friend across the pond, as I like to say. Gerald lives in uh, Scotland now. He's doing ministry with a great... a great church ministry called 20 Schemes and we get to talk about that, his involvement with 20 Schemes, what that is and what that means and what that looks like and how they seek to contextualize and appropriate the gospel for the people that they long to serve in the schemes of Scotland. I hope you will stick with this little episode. It's a great encouragement to me to see how God has moved in Gerald's life and to see how God uh, uses people to get the gospel out in ways that we perhaps um, wouldn't expect and in ways that perhaps might even surprise us I think you will uh, really enjoy this this lively conversation as we uh, go back and forth and talk about how uh, God has used us in various ways and the things that we have learned being ministry before we get this show going today of course it's brought to you by the Christian standard Bible research shows that the two primary reasons people don't read their Bible is that they're either too busy or they don't really understand what they're reading and so the goal and the mission of the Christian standard Bible is to have more people reading and understanding the Bible by engaging in a translation that's easy to read and is also faithful to the original languages that's what the CSB strives to be. It strives to be accurate, readable, and shareable. And it strives to be a Bible both for pastors and for church members. And so to find out more about the Christian Standard Bible, be sure to go to csbible.com. Now for my little conversation with Gerald White. Well, Gerald, it's good to have you back. It's been about a year you said a year and a half before we started recording right since we last did a show together right
1: yeah it's got to be something like that it's got to be something <laughs> like that it's been a, it's been it's too been long mate. been too long
0: yeah too long we see each other everywhere on, on on the twitter and whatnot but uh it's always good to hear your voice you come from across the pond as they say and uh, it's truly great to call you a brother in christ how are you doing recently how has life been uh i know you've had i think a kid or two since we last talked, or maybe not two. I not Probably not. That's probably too many. <laughs> um, but uh, how is it, how is everything?
1: Yeah, good. Yeah, good. So we've just um, we've well, the new edition's Faith. So uh, Faith, Jemima White. She's uh, six and a half months now, coming up to seven months. So um, that's awesome. been great. She's been pretty easy up until recently. She's just started teething, so uh, that's keeping us up at yeah. night. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, a lot's a lot's happened. <clears throat> Obviously, we were as a family. We were down down in the south of England, in in a uh, a town outside London, about forty five minutes away from London, and um, we were doing revitalisation there. And um, for different reasons, I mean, we can talk about it more on the uh, in the chat. Um, but for different reasons, we just felt a real strong call to come up to Scotland. So from April last year we've been up in Scotland uh serving up here with 20 schemes so um yeah so a lot's a lot's happened really since seeing you well seeing you on the uh, the podcast but uh yeah so it's been good
0: <laughs> there you go well, that's awesome i'm so glad to hear that it's we were talking i remember talking about last time and you were getting into ministry and it sounds like now you've gotten even your hands a, a little bit dirtier as they say in ministry and that's uh that's good to hear it's good to see the Lord using you and using your family. So yeah, let's just jump in right about there. Um, tell me about how you felt God's calling uh, calling you and your family into the ministry of 20 Schemes. And also kind of tell me about um, 20 Schemes in general and just what it is that um, they seek to accomplish and kind of your involvement with that ministry.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I mean calling, you know, there's no Billy Graham megaphone coming out of the sky saying, Gerald, take your family up to to um Scotland necessary, you know, it's it's not like the Macedonian sort of call, but um I guess, you know, God places strong godly desires within individuals and you have to test that and weigh that up and discern that with with um you know more seasoned sort of campaigners in the ministry than you. And so we just felt uh that the revitalization um down south um it was a very sort of painful experience actually And um, it just wasn't healthy for for myself or for my family. And so just we had, you know, guys chipping into our life who were pastoring churches and, um, you know, they had seen and heard sort of the things that were going on. And they said, look, be wise just to pull you and your family out of that situation, because, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, the church would. Most likely die if it continues with the same same stream of of um, of thought and nostalgia, um, and so we just really just tried uh, to leave there just graciously uh, on good terms. And um, a guy called Mes who I'd, I'd known from since twenty fourteen. He's a pastor in Nidri Community Church and uh, oversees. Um, uh, 20 schemes with a guy called Matthew uh, Davidson and um, yeah we just felt the strong desire to go up to Scotland Scotland's one of the sort of hardest areas within the UK really with regards to the gospel it used to be a land of the book um, you had greats like John Knox um, the Haldane brothers who were influenced um, I think they were influenced by Calvin I'm not sure but and then you just had great Puritans that came from 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 there as well but but no more no more um the land there in scotland is is really just kind of like 1.5 percent uh would say they're christians if that and then in the schemes uh, or in the estates um it's even worse Uh, so in the u.s you would call them projects Uh, over here in scotland we call them schemes Uh, down in england you'd call them estates and so with pretty much near half Half of the population made up of schemes. Um, it's not bang on half, but it's just to round it up. Um, and no one going in there to plant healthy gospel um, preaching churches or revitalize gospel preaching churches. I just, Mona and I looked at one another and said, nah, that's that's not on. That's not good. So just felt a strong desire to come up. Um, so 20 schemes really is, It's a ministry of Nidri Community Church. It's not a separate charity or anything like that. It's it's a ministry from the church, um, and their desire is to see Scotland's schemes filled with the light of the gospel. So, like like yourself, we I mean we don't believe that anything other than the gospel is going to create healthy um, believing churches. You know, it has to be gospel preaching churches that we put in these places, not uh, food banks not Mercy Ministries. Whilst those things are great, there's no replacement for healthy gospel preaching churches. So so that's really kind of how 20 Schemes sort of came about, just seeing that need, that desire. It's been going for a while now. And um, I guess my role in in it is I'm, I'm doing training with them. So for the next sort of year to two years, I'm training with them. Um, and it kind of looks similar to the nine marks internship um, over at capitol hill similar but obviously that's a u.s context Uh, over here it's very much um, you know books together heavy mentoring heavy um, practical side of stuff so you get an experience with guys that you may not have hung out with previously um, and it's just learning how to contextualize the gospel into these different places. So me being a middle class guy, I'm not going to necessarily find it, you know, the most natural thing to understand. Working class guys, benefit class guys, work, uh, you know, living in schemes. And so there's there's going to have to be things that are, you know, in training that are going to that are going to help change my thinking, help me to contextualize the gospel, help me to change the way that I speak. You know, we can't all speak like the Puritans (laughs) or, um, you know, there's just different ways we can can say things and do things. So at the end of that, they'll either put me into planting a church or they'll they'll uh, find a a church to revitalize uh, within one of the schemes of Scotland. So that's just trying to give you a quick, you know, flyover of um, of 20 schemes and, and calling and our role there.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I love um that <laughs> I love the fact that both you and your wife um felt this calling together um to go to go to the schemes and to make it a make that your your life now because as you said it's it creates a different context in which you're going to um not change the message but you're going to preach the message in a different way perhaps when you're in the schemes as opposed to anywhere else and I think that that's a uh, that's really interesting, but it's really great that you both um, felt that calling very deeply uh, and that uh, I, I think allowed for greater success for both of you. But I would ask you, um, you've been in training for a little while and you've probably no doubt been uh, try, been uh, made to learn different ways of how to preach and present the gospel. So what's like a big thing that you've learned, you know, as, as compared to preaching somewhere else, what's a big thing that you've learned Uh, That's perhaps different or perhaps that um, uh, took you off guard in your short amount of training time.
1: I just, I think, I think there's a lot of things that we can assume. So we just assume that people know what the word atonement means or redeemed or justification, you know, and um, down in the South of England, it's very sort of Bible belty, similar to what you guys have. And, um, you know, you've got, a lot of churches in in the cities and towns of England and um, the majority of them will know these sort of words um, whether they're born again or not I mean um, but most of them will have grown up understanding these sort of words Um, but in the schemes I guess it's just we can't assume that people know these these theological words when you explain it to them um, they'll understand that but i guess it's it's trying to uh, i think that's the biggest thing that i've been learning you know i've come come out of uh you know a, a middle class sort of bible college and so i would say that it doesn't necessarily prepare you to um contextualize the gospel in an easy accessible way so that's been something that i've been learning you know it's just straight from the off just not dumbing things down because people in the schemes aren't dumb, but it's just a case of using words that are appropriate to the language that's used up here. So, um, you know, it's just, if you say the word atonement, they explain what that means, you know, in an, in an unpatronizing way. Um, so I guess, I guess that's one of the main, main things really. And then I guess the other thing is what surprised me was, um, And again, I think we get conditioned. I think guys in the US and guys in England can get conditioned to how we pastor people. We think that, um, you know, that chilling out with people within our community isn't necessarily ministry. Whereas actually up here in this this context, chilling out with them, you know, um, you know, going Going to watch a game with them, watching the boxing on TV or playing football or getting a coffee, you know, um, these sort of ways are, are real, you know, um, uh, bridges between people and lives. Um, so sharing your life with the community is something that I've really, really learned up here. Um, so it's it's less study time in the house um, by your desk and it's more being out in the community, whereas down south it's almost like it was flipped on its heads. There was so much time in the study, so much admin work, so much uh, legal stuff um, and, and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it was frowned upon, you know, if you, if you kind of went out in the community and hung out with someone, they would say, well, you do that in your free time, but not in, in your working hours time. Um, so I think there has to be a bit of a change there, but that's, that's one of the other things that I've, I've learned. Um, but yeah, there's, there's going to be more uh, things to learn uh, but those are probably two of the big ones that I've learned.
0: No, that's great, and that the thing that you mentioned at first—you know—sort of contextualizing the gospel in a way that is appropriate to who you're speaking to—is is a thing. I think we. I mean, I I remember going through the same thing. You know, you come out of Bible college with all of these. Uh, grand ideas and these big words that you've got to learn in your New Testament theology class or Old Testament theology class, and you get raring to go and you're zealous to use these in your sermons, and then you realize that that's not very practical. <laughs> and I think that's a that's a natural thing uh, to go through, but I think it's really real that when you realize that you know the things that perhaps we are learning sometimes in our in our academic worlds aren't always um, very appropriate in uh, practical contexts, and that's something I've learned too. You know, and uh, it right it goes right along with what you said. Uh, the other thing that you that kind of surprised you, uh, just being with people. Um, that's one thing that I've learned too, brother. It's so fascinating to me in the last year or so of ministry um, that as much as I uh, preaching will always be, you know, the number one. Uh, priority and the number one job, if you want to say, of a pastor. But it's so interesting to uh, to me um, what people remember when you are in just a normal conversation with them, and just how much that um, affects them or can can affect people when you're just uh, like you said, hanging out with people in in quote unquote normal settings, and uh, and, and not in a way where you're you're intending to. Um, preach at them per se, but you're just there in that, you know, colloquial way of saying it, you're doing life on life with them. And, you know, perhaps some people don't like that terminology, but that's, I think that's good. You're, you're learning just how to live with people who uh, you're going to be living with. And I think it's a, it's truly special, I think, um, when you are in those settings and you can affect people for the gospel, even when you're perhaps not even really trying to.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah man I mean it's it's got to be intentional like you, you know you get you get dossers out there or or guys that want to be lazy and they just want to kind of go oh do you know what I've had a heavy day I'll just think I'll um I'll go and hang out with these guys and have a beer or something and it's you know it, it, it that that's not a godly way of doing it but if it's like gospel intentionality of like I want to build these I want to build these relationships with these guys so that you know, I can I can build trust, I can build a friendship, I can build a relationship in this. And, you know, when they see me, you know, they're going to be able to say, hey, because they, they, they know me from down the street. And then you can bring in the gospel intentionally to those different, um, you know, circumstances that the individual's in and then invite them to uh, the different things that go on within the church. that are kind of like stepping stones to the Sunday service um, if they don't want to go to the Sunday service. Um I remember, I remember Spurgeon, um, sort of talking about it in his lectures to my students about how, you know, we don't want to just be the guy that's up there preaching and then that's it. We want to be known as a guy that's amongst the people as well. Um, you know, and I think, I think, you know, trying to bring out productive conversations that point back to Jesus or productive conversations that are going to lead to opportunities to invite people along to hear the gospel, um, but yeah, yeah, man.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's great, too. I, we always got to get some Spurgeon in here. Um, but that's that's very true. Um, uh, as a person who is uh, among the people, that's a really good way of saying it. Because, um, you know, my dad, he used to joke, uh, you know, ministry would be a lot easier if it weren't for all the people. But that's what the ministry is. <laughs> and uh, that's really true. It's It's the people that you're around, the people that you're shoulder to shoulder with. Perhaps at times they're uh, the people that give you the most grief, but they're also the people that uh, you are called to serve and called to um, be with, and uh, as we've been talking about, living life on life with. And I think that that is—it's—I um, think it's a privilege when we get to do that. We get to just uh, be with people, and as you said, in an intentional way, uh, try and speak Christ into. Uh, in, into conversations that are perhaps ordinary you know like uh, when you're just talking over um you know our american football or your european football match <laughs> um when you're just talking in some wherever whatever context you're in you can speak christ into a situation like that that's uh i think that's a really special thing um i've been fortunate enough to experience that and and uh get better at that um because that's not always a natural thing but uh that's awesome. It's great to hear that you are learning and uh, you're being grown. And and I I think that's a cool thing too, is when you're put in a situation where you're forced to sort of uh, grow yourself. And I can can hear and I can understand that that's what's happening with you. And I'm sure with your wife as well. But you were talking about uh, 20 schemes and not really sort of being, I think you said, not really being a sort of mercy ministry type of setup or whatever. It's more uh, gospel preaching driven, and so I would, if you can, just kind of w- what would you say is the heartbeat of the ministry of Twenty Schemes? Or like, what keeps it, um, what keeps it pushing forward? What's its heartbeat? Would you say?
1: Well, being soul winners, you, you, we want to be soul winners. All of us who, who who work for Twenty Schemes under the the oversight and care of of the Elders of Nidri Community Ch- Church, we want to be soul winners because um you know you can offer someone a carrot an apple some beans and that's great like if that's a need if someone's starving then great give them some beans give them you know give them some vegetables something like that that's great you know i'm not knocking it but you know faith comes through hearing so it's hearing the gospel and so um you know the greatest need of 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 the human heart is peace with god you know our greatest problem is sin and there is a lot of sin in the world there's a lot of broken lives and yeah so i would say that you know the the biggest thing is is being soul winners that's what that's what i hope that twenty schemes is known for
0: mm. yeah that's great and and that's so important too because so many people and it, it, like you said it's not knocking uh quote unquote mercy ministries but it's also we don't neglect uh the need of the soul to uh, by just feeding their physical needs, perhaps, and it's not one or the other. Uh, I think that's the thing that a lot of people, when they get into conversations about perhaps a "quote unquote" social gospel or whatever, it's not really one or the other. It's really both, and um, you're meeting both needs at the same time. And it's it you can do both. Uh, uh, Matt Chandler, I think it's in his book, The Explicit Gospel. He talks about this at length. Um, I, I'll put that in the show notes. There's a chapter in there that's really great when he's talking about this because um, <laughs> so many times I think we want to come down on sides on our quote-unquote issues or our or the things that we want to debate about or talk about in Christianity. But um, <laughs> this is the one that kind of always bothers me because it doesn't have to be one or the other. We can do both at the same time and do both well, uh, especially if the gospel is in in the good news of christ is what is the what is the bedrock it's not you know we want to be a a charity per se but we do want to present christ as perhaps we're doing other charitable work or charitable things that we're doing and i think that's what's um what's so great i've in reading the things that 20 screams is involved in it's it's always christ-driven and yes perhaps they are doing other things but it's always uh in a way that uh it makes it about Jesus Christ, and I think that that's what's um what's setting it up for long term success,
1: oh yeah definitely, so you know it's twenty schemes just to add on on the back of what you said there you know um you know the, I guess the main focus from what i've i've you know what I've seen uh, um over the years of them planting churches is not uh do you know what what's the greatest need okay let's set up a food bank within um you know the the nidri scheme or the bingham scheme or um the balanuk scheme like it's it's a case of you know what this area needs is a healthy gospel preaching church and if it doesn't have that it's not gonna you know nothing's gonna help it spiritually so um you know that's like obviously the main the main push uh and the kind of um you know the the, the practical side of it that it's got to be a gospel preaching church that goes in there um not a food bank,
0: sure. Yeah, and I I was reading on uh, the Twenty Schemes website, and that one of their desires is is just building those healthy gospel preaching churches, like you said. And it's in those tough communities where they're going and seeking out to uh, make those church plants possible. And I think that that's a really um, that's a really noble calling. I think you said at the beginning uh, that Scotland used to be a, a land of the book, I think is how you phrased it. I think that's such an interesting thing to sort of uh, camp out on, is just the fact that um, Scotland and the United Kingdom in general has so much, uh, it has a bevy of history in you know theology and Christianity and going back to the Reformation and before. Um, there's such a wealth of history in that in that country, and it's so interesting to me that um, that that because of the the sort of vileness and the wickedness of sin that has persisted that persists in the heart of man that um, it has brought that country perhaps to its knees in a lot of ways, and um, it, I think that's a testament to uh, just how powerful sin is, but it's also a testament to how great the need is for ministries like that you're involved in, which uh, gets people back to Jesus Christ. Uh, and I think it's so interesting to um, think about the history that's involved and and the things that have happened in that country and the people perhaps who were uh, on those streets preaching many centuries ago. And here we are. We're, we're trying to carry on the same work. And I think that's what's cool. It's cool to me. Um, I, I'm in seminary right now, and I'm learning about all these historians of of, um, of these theologians of history's past, and and it's interesting to me to see um, what they did and and what they uh, endeavored to do, and we're still doing the same sorts of things, and that's um, it, that excites me because uh, it gets me to know that um, n- perhaps we remember these uh, individuals for specific reasons. You know, like we can talk about Spurgeon and Knox and and Luther, and and can we can go on and on. Um, but they were all men who endeavored to uh, point people to Jesus. Their sort of, um, perhaps the, you know, their ministries eclipsed them even themselves. But uh, even they would say that they were uh, nobodies trying to point people to their Savior, and I think that's uh, that's in, that's uh, that's uh, that's encouraging to me. <laughs>
1: Oh, definitely, and I think <clears throat> something that I'd encourage, like your viewers with, is is um, or your listeners rather, and even yourself is. I think sometimes we leave s- seminary and you think, "Yeah, do you know what? World changes. You know, we're gonna have a big church. It's gonna be life's gonna be cushy, and um, you know, we're we're gonna be able to be put in a comfortable area." But the thing is, um, I remember when we were leaving um, the church, and I remember one one lady uh, from down south. I remember one lady came up to me and uh, she said, where are you going? And I said, well, we're, we're going to go up to Scotland and, you know, seek to serve in a scheme. And it was like, the the comment I got back was, oh, you don't want to go to a scheme, like, you know, go to this area, but not a scheme. And I think that, that basically reflects Christianity within the West, within the UK, within America. It's, we'll do Christian ministry or we'll do, We'll, you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll obey the, the king's last um, command as it were Jesus Christ's last command going to the ends of the earth for him um, but as long as it's within the comfort areas um, and I think comfort's a real idol that we have to kind of we have to kind of kick out of our lives and kill you know and I think we have to be radical we have to be um, sacrificial in our lives because our life is not our own you know it's 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 God's and Um, reading one of your boys uh david brainard recently his letters and journals and him going to the native indians and the sacrifice um you know the the hostility he came up against the sickness the risk of 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 life um and i think we need that again and we need that again and uh we need to be bold in our witness you know so Mm.
0: yeah i totally agree and and it is interesting how sometimes we can uh, get very comfortable with our perhaps perceived notions of what we think ministry is going to be like um and i think that's a, it's it's a it's a fallacy i think on both uh ministers but also p- congregants too who kind of misunderstand uh, a lot about what ministry is and perhaps how hard it is at times they don't always understand um the things that go on I've said this uh, in, in different in different occasions, um, just that you know a lot of people think that ministry is about Sundays or Wednesdays if you have midweek services, and that there's not really much else going on. But as my dad would tell you, he in ministry, and I've learned too that ministry happens during the Monday through Saturdays. It happens when you are with people, as you as we were talking about, as you're with people doing uh, conversations and life on life with people and. And having those difficult conversations that they don't really teach you about in seminary or in Bible college, even they don't teach you about having to talk with someone who has, you know, just had a divorce or just lost their husband to suicide or has just um, lost a, a a a a baby to a miscarriage. They don't really um, perhaps teach you how to have those conversations. Uh, those are things you get to learn. Um, as you experience them and uh, perhaps that's a good thing but it's also a a thing that makes it makes the the sort of rosy colored glasses fall off when you realize that oh okay that's what ministry is about it's not about you know always learning the uh, the polemics and the rhetoric of 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 preaching the gospel it's making the gospel um, practical for the people that you are with. And I think uh, for you, um, it's it's perhaps a, a, a challenge, but I think it's a challenge for anyone. And no matter their context, it's going to be different. And it's, no matter where you are, it's you're, it's about learning how to best appropriate the gospel for the people that are around you and sticking with the truth of that gospel, which is Christ crucified, as Paul says in Second Corinthians. And um, so I think, man, what a great great thing to be learning and a great um what a great thing to be uh enveloping yourself in and it's so encouraging uh to me to continue to hear how God has used you and um and uh, how he's going to use I know he's going to keep using you and your wife as you uh continue to uh plant churches and revitalize churches as God continues to uh use you uh, with 20 schemes and beyond perhaps even uh, in preaching the gospel I I've uh, I remember listening to some of your sermons and I miss hearing them, so I hope you get back on the preaching circuit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's the evening ones aren't recorded, so um but uh no, I mean it's good it's good not recording them actually. I don't have to listen back to myself. There's <laughs> nothing worse than hearing yourself back on audio.
0: Yeah, um, right, right.
1: <laughs> just uh just to um just share with you as well, mate, quickly, um so we've got we've got a couple of conferences coming up. So we do um sort of like Nine Marks-style weekender um, that we do. Um, when did we do? Last one, I think, was in November. And the next one that we have is is in March. It's the 8th to the 10th of March. It's, I mean, it's fully booked out, um, except for the women's pre-conference. Um, but those are really encouraging times. Uh, this one's on war. So the fact that we live um, not in a playground, but in a battleground, there are things that we have to come up against each day that we have to... Put on the armor of God for and um, Do battle against um, So I'm excited for that that's coming up We really get fed we've got great leaders here And then the other thing just to kind of Like plug <laughs> is the Sing sing conference um, Which is uh, The Gettys And they basically um, Are going to be singing And then John Piper is going to be there He's going to be talking He's going he's going to do like An ask Pastor John thing afterwards As well and then um, Ms McConnell speaking um, at that as well. So that's on the 20th of June. I'll just encourage people, like, if you're in the UK, if you're in Scotland, Edinburgh, um, and you have time, come along to that, um, and that will bless you. i will bless your socks off.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I'll make sure to put all the links to those in the notes for this episode for anyone that wants to, to attend those great conferences. If I could make it across the, the seas, I would definitely be there. It's on my bucket list of things to do. Um, with uh, kids and a kid on the way, it uh, it might prove to be difficult, at least immediately. But uh, definitely praying for you, Gerald, and I'm praying that God will continue to use you in a mighty way as you get more enveloped in uh, ministry and ministry in the schemes and as he continues to uh, disciple you as you learn uh how to uh, appropriate the gospel where you are and so uh blessings to you and prayers to you and hope you are uh continue to do well over there
1: bless you man love and appreciate you
0: And that's it for today's episode of Ministry Minded. Thanks so much for Jill for coming on the show and being my guest and chatting with me for a short time. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you just heard, be sure to follow the show on Twitter, at underscore Ministry Minded. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Uh, And thanks again to the Christian Standard Bible for sponsoring the show. And thank you, as always, for listening and commenting and subscribing. I'll see you on the next episode, guys. Blessings. Thank you.